Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, family. This is your girl, Good Juju, and you are listening to the Good Juju podcast, where together we tackle becoming the best versions of ourselves. All right, if you aren't already following me on Instagram, make sure that you do at Good Juju Heels. That's G O D J U J U H E A L S. All right, to continue the party, family, because there is no whole party without some journaling prompts, all right, without some ways to think outside of the box about today's episode, and definitely to expand your mind. So hello, if you aren't following me on Instagram, make sure you're not cheating yourself out of the whole package, okay? All right. I got a couple of pre-warnings for you this episode. First is that if at any point I sound like Tupac, it is because it is that time of weather and I'm feeling like my voice is getting a little raspy. So I apologize in advance. And then the second warning is that you guys already know. And if you don't know, I do have a cat. His name is Shakur. (laughs) And I love him very much. But this morning it's looking like he is having the energetic burst of his life. And so instead of worrying about that, just know if you hear anything in the background, I am safe. It is just my cat. (laughs) All right. So let's dive right into today's episode. So as many of you know, season two, we are focusing on the mastery of self. We are discovering who we are and coming back to ourselves. Okay. So in today's episode, I want to really dive into something that I believe affects all of us or has affected all of us in some way or somehow and that's self-sabotage okay dun 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 (laughs) i feel like that is definitely something that stands in the way of a lot of us being the best versions of ourselves right um so let's get down to the definition so the definition of self right is a person's essential being that makes them different from others, especially when it comes to the observation of one's mental and emotional health. Shout out to Google at Peruge, right? Now, the definition of sabotage is deliberately destroying, damaging, or obstructing something, especially for an advantage. And so the definition then of self-sabotage is really to deliberately destroy opportunities or relationships that are essential to one's mental and emotional health. Now, when I have think or can think about self-sabotage in its simplest form, I think about gym class, right? In gym class, especially if it was a very intense game of dodgeball, right? There was only one thing on everyone's minds and that was victory. Right? The goal was to prevail victorious over the other team. And so a lot of our thoughts would sound like, you know, how can I prevent the other team from taking the lead? And so you create strategies and plays in order to place limitations on the other team based on their weaknesses. So if you know that they have a really slow person on their team, you're going to really go and attack them on that weekend, right? If you know that they don't have that many people left on their team, you know how to attack them, right? And so when it comes to the self-sabotage of yourself, it's almost like there's this version of yourself that you aren't trying to see win. 
And so you pinpoint all of the reasons why or all their weaknesses as to why something won't work out, either an opportunity or a relationship or just any any opportunity or any moment that will help you grow. Family, self-sabotage, right? It ruins opportunities for you to get to know yourself better to learn who you are in different circumstances, in relationships. You miss out on the moments to be proud of yourself and to build more faith in your capabilities. Because if you're not opting into experiences, then what do you know you can do and can't do? Right? It's almost like you opt out of new details of your story. So I want to ask you, family, what version of yourself are you afraid is going to win? Are you afraid that a version of yourself, the highest version of yourself, is going to take the lead and there is going to be more that is wanted from you? And so from today's episode, I want you to walk away with two things. The first is being able to identify the reasons why you're self-sabotaging. And the second is the steps necessary to take when to overcome or when you're in a situation where you want to overcome that self-sabotage. And so first thing we want to focus on is the why. Okay, so four main reasons why people self-sabotage. The first (laughs) is a fear of rejection. Okay, so fear of rejection can look different for all of us. And some of us, it looks like losing, right? Some of us have opted into so many opportunities in our life, but have been led to disappointment time and time again. This can look like knowing that this job was going to be yours and you get to the final round and they're checking your references and you still don't get it. This could be going into a relationship that you know is going to work out because the person is picture perfect and everything that you've ever wanted, but the time was wrong, right? It's Constantly being able to track this pattern of every opportunity or everything that you could have swore was labeled with your name on it, not working out. And so this fear of rejection looks like losing and looks like having this fear of disappointment, right? The fear of rejection can also look like having a fear of being seen, all right? So Being seen can cause a lot of trauma within a person, especially a person that is afraid of other people's opinions, right? So this may be someone that grew up surrounded by people that didn't necessarily give a lot of positive feedback, right? Maybe they're used to only being critiqued about the things that they aren't doing right. And so this leads them to have a fear of any critique or on any perspective that is different than their own because they internalize it as them being wrong, right? Or them not being enough as opposed to it just being an opposing opinion or it just being a type of feedback or it just being an opportunity for growth. So fear of rejection, right? Looking like being seen. The other way that the fear of rejection can look in your life is having a fear of being told no, 
All right. Me personally, I feel like I definitely have um, gone through this type of fear of rejection, especially growing up in a strict home. Right. If you have grown up being told no for a lot of the opportunities that you wanted to opt into or a lot of the moments in your life that you wanted to opt into, you probably developed a fear of risk taking. Right. Because if your parents or if your environment constantly told you no, then that means that there wasn't a lot of value placed in going outside of the norm of day-to-day activities, right? It was probably very common for you to hear like, well, why do you need that? Why is that necessary? That isn't something that you need. That's just risky. That's that's um, dangerous, right? Everything was led to be dangerous. And so you have this fear of risk-taking that ultimately really means that you don't believe that you can do what is being set out for you to do. And so you expect the no, you expect uh, the denial as opposed to being open to the possibility that maybe this opportunity is going to welcome you for everything that you are and meet you where you're at, right? So first main reason why people self-sabotage fear of rejection. The second reason why people self-sabotage, perfectionism. Okay. So perfectionism is actually one that can give a really big headache to whoever does suffer from perfectionism. Love you guys. I send you all my love. Okay. The reason for that is because perfectionists actually have this expectation to perform at a hundred percent at all times. Okay, so that means that these are the people who usually do not opt into or self-sabotage the opportunities that don't necessarily come naturally to them. And so they are only limiting themselves to things that they know they can do. Imagine that type of life, family. You know how many things, how many new things you would be restricting yourself from experiencing? Because that means that you're literally opting into a life with a fixed mindset, okay? If you haven't done any research on the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, please do so, okay? Especially my educators out there. I feel like that is a really big term um, that is used within schools now, right? Because the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset is that a fixed mindset is believing that you are who you are. There is no possibility of changing aspects of yourself. You you just come as you are, right? Kind of like an action figure. Like the action figure has these capabilities. It can move its arm. It has this one tool and that's just what it does. As opposed to a growth mindset that says, hey, this is where you are right now, but with practice and diligence and discipline, you're, you are capable of being able to grow into a version of yourself that you want to do. You're able to grow a skill that once wasn't there, right? So a perfectionist believes that they just are who they are and they are going to continue to build on the skills that come naturally to them pretty intense. Okay. And the reason for that is because it does lead to a lot of overthinking and overanalyzing. So an, a perfectionist is the person that will tend to overproduce to validate their position in the first place to show that, Hey, I can produce at hundred percent all the time. And God forbid they produce at a 90% because then that creates a pressure and an amount and an intense amount of stress for the perfectionist. 
And it doesn't allow them to enjoy the process itself of what they're doing. They're always just thinking about the end result. They're always just thinking, man, but that end product needs to be at 100. And if it's not, it means that I'm the one that's not enough. It means that I'm the one that sucks. It means that I'm the one that didn't do enough of something and too much of something that I shouldn't have been doing. Ugh. <laughs> like, even I'm, I promise, guys, you know I don't judge. And perfectionists, you know that I'm not judging you right now at all. Because honestly, within all of us, there is a sense of perfectionism, right? But I am saying, like, it is a very heavy way of looking at opportunities. And that's why it leads to self-sabotage. Because when you go into a situation and you're all the way at 100 and 150, you're also not allowing the opportunity to meet you halfway, and so you put this immense amount of pressure on yourself to overproduce, to overthink, to overanalyze, and you end up leaving a situation that was supposed to fill you drained. So reason number two, why people self-sabotage? Perfectionalism. All right. Reason number three, unworthiness. Okay. So unworthiness is um, a pretty intense reason why people self-sabotage because I tend to notice that the people that feel unworthy of the opportunities themselves are people that are used to learning through struggle. You know, these are people that have been around or have been surrounded by people that kind of feed this version of themselves that leads the person to believe that they are a bad person. Um, that's they are unworthy or undeserving of the opportunities and the moments and the people that come into their lives, right? These are the people that hear a lot of self-criticizing thoughts around them, whether they're not smart enough, they're not strong enough, they're not cool enough, or whenever they do get excited about something, their environment is very quick to shut it down, right? And so they have come to think that they need to be in a space of struggling for what they want because they don't deserve to get something easy because they aren't a good enough person for that to happen that way. And so they shy away from anything that may possibly give them affirmations and affirm who they are in the best version of themselves. Okay. So fourth and final reason why people self-sabotage a fear of expectations and accountability, okay? And I call this a false freedom. So family, either way, all of us have been created to produce in one way or the other, okay? When I mean produce, I mean create. We have all been created in this lifetime to multiply, right? To create something out of nothing. And what I feel like a lot of people don't come to realize is that either way you are producing family, okay? Either you're producing something or you're producing nothing. Either way you are producing. And so what I have found with people that have this fear of expectations and accountability is that there is almost a sense of false freedom where the person believes that if they have the power of choosing, then they can choose what they put their energy into. 
but this sense of false freedom, which is true. You do have the power to choose what you put your energy into, but when you constantly choose to not put your energy into anything, then that, my friends, is self-sabotage and a reflection of, and I don't want to say it this way, family, but you know I'm going to tell you how it is. It is a reflection, a little bit of laziness, right? Of man, is someone going to hold me accountable and going to make me produce in a way that I don't want to produce in a way that I just, I just want to stay comfortable. I just want to stay in this little bubble where no one is really looking for me, where no one is trying to get me to be the one to answer things, me to be the point person for a situation in my life or an opportunity in this world. And that is really a reflection family of a lack of confidence and faith within yourself. Because a lack of confidence and that insecurity is what makes you believe that you are not worthy enough or capable of having an expectation put on you. And so the thought alone of having an expectation or being held accountable to produce something puts you in a space of fear and false freedom and saying, you know what? No, I don't need to be held accountable for this because, you know, that's not even what I'm interested in the first place. When really what's going on in your mind is I can't do that. How am I supposed to be held accountable for something I can't do? So four main reasons why people self-sabotage, fear of rejection, perfectionism, unworthiness, and fear of expectations and accountability, right? So when looking at the solution, when thinking about how can I stop the self-sabotage, something that I've really learned within myself and something that I have witnessed a lot of people also benefit from is really understanding family that like self-sabotage is just one of those things that requires a lot of steps, you know, shout out to my middle school best friend, Danny. I was actually talking to him about this the other day where, you know, we have been children. Some of us have been children longer than we have been adults, which means we have been out of the control of our lives longer than we have been in control over our lives. And if you think about it, control over our mm-hmm. lives is simultaneously balanced by also relearning ourselves and healing a lot of the trauma that we aren't really responsible for opting into, right? So it's a lot of juggling of different tasks that we have, and we haven't really been doing it for as long as we give ourselves credit for, okay? And so in looking at it from that perspective, you know, checking in and overcoming self-sabotage is something that is going to take multiple steps, right? There are some things that require less work than other things. And self-sabotage is just one of those things, family, that I can't sugarcoat by saying that it isn't going to take, if not regular practice, daily practice, right? Because a lot of those things, a lot of those reasons why people self-sabotage, a lot of the reasons why you self-sabotage and why I self-sabotage are deeply rooted in a lot of childhood trauma and are deeply rooted in the environments in which we grew up in, which a lot of the times we didn't have any control over. Okay. So the first step um, to solving your self-sabotage family is forgiveness, is practicing forgiveness. That's preliminary. And the reason why I say forgiveness is because I've learned to look at forgiveness from a different perspective 
Growing up, I thought that forgiveness meant automatically giving access to yourself. That is not what it means. It does not, it is not a magic trick. It's not like abracadabra, one, two, three. I forgot absolutely everything that you did to me. I forgot absolutely everything that I went through. And now we are best friends again, or we're together again, or I give you all of me. You know, that's not what it means at all. Okay. Forgiveness for me now means letting go. It's become the equivalent of understanding intention. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because the first thing that I needed to learn when tackling forgiveness was that I had to let go of validating a specific idea that I had in my mind about a person, place, or thing. Right. I had to learn how to forgive and how to let go and remove the idea that I had in my mind around the reasoning of why that person did that thing. And I had to accept that they had a different perspective. I had to learn to understand their perspective in the situation. And through that, I was able to discover, okay, this was the person's intention. So the perfect example of that is that, you know, the older we get family, the more we start to understand that our parents are people, are human beings, are amazing individuals that are able to make their own decisions, okay, just like us. And so something that I had a difficult time forgiving my parents for was the the level of strictness that, I don't even know if strictness is a word, LOL, but they were just really strict. <laughs> they were really, really strict um, growing up. And so that meant that I was experiencing a lot of no's in my life. Um, and it was things from like friends parties to not being able to go to certain after school programs. And that was just because at the end of the day, they lived a life their way. And I was growing up in a completely different place, right? As a first generation student, I was living this experience in America, in New York, for the first time. They were still coming from the concepts and the ideals, ideals and experiences that they were having from the Dominican Republic, right? And so with that mindset, they weren't thinking about it the way that I was thinking about an opportunity. They were thinking about that opportunity as, listen, I have a very big purpose in this lifetime as a parent, and that's to make sure that while I'm in control, you are safe and that you are going to be in positions that you need to be, not that you want to be, because I am trying to get you to a space where you are even old enough to be able to make those types of decisions. And so when I was younger, I thought that it was limitation. I thought that they didn't care about my feelings. But now when I think about forgiveness as the concept of being able to let go of a belief, it's like, okay, I'm able to let go of that belief that they were trying to limit me. And I'm now able to accept their perspective and then discover their intention. They were just trying to protect me. They weren't trying to limit me. They were trying to protect me. And that sense of forgiveness and being able to let go of that now allows me to self-sabotage a little less and opens up the room, opens up room and the door for me to be able to check in with myself as opposed to automatically shut out the opportunity in the first place. 
And that's what I want you to be able to walk away with family. So I'm going to give you four steps for a self-sabotage check-in. Okay. So remember, unfortunately, self-sabotage is just one of those things that you're going to have to really, really work on. Okay. And that's why it requires an entire check-in. Um, I know check-ins are like, uh, <laughs> at least for me, like check-ins are like, damn, all right, mental work, soul work, homework. Like I really got to think, I really got to pause and meditate on this. So it's okay. Behind every check-in is more knowledge and more self-awareness of yourself. So if anything, this is just another amazing opportunity for you to continue to get to know yourself. And who doesn't want to get to know you, family? You're amazing. Hello. So, all right. Now, <laughs> four steps for a self-sabotage check-in. The first thing you want to do, family, is get the car facts. Okay. AKA you want to make sure that when you're presented with an opportunity or a relationship or whatever the case may be that excites you and that you want to opt into that you think about it logically. I know you're like, what? I thought I was going to think with my heart. No, 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 no. The reason why I want you to think about the opportunity logically is because if you thought about it with your emotions first, you create a very vulnerable space where the feelings of yourself that may have led normally to the self-sabotage can easily overcome the feelings of excitement, right? Because a lot of the times we are kind of diagnosing the feelings of excitement as anxiety because they feel very similar, right? But if you start to think about past experiences that made you self-sabotage, you will start to think that it's the same feeling and that it, and that it's interchangeable. And so that's why I'm telling you, you want to look and think about the situation in a logical way so that you know what it is, right? And you know the car facts and you're not thinking emotionally, but you're actually able to think about the situation in a balanced and rational way. And so when thinking logically, mm -hmm. you want to be able to think and ask yourself, you know, what is the opportunity? And what is it requiring of me? Where a lot of us get stuck, family, is that when we think about what an opportunity is requiring of us, we start to navigate the opportunity and we start to measure the amount of change that the opportunity is requiring from us. So we start to think, damn, do I need to change anything? Do I need to sacrifice anything? Am I adding anything new? Am I adding in burdens? And those thoughts and navigating the opportunity and measuring the change that it will bring or that it requires of us leans us and tilts us towards self-sabotage because we start to think that we're going to be giving more to the opportunity than the opportunity gives to us. And so I challenge you, family, to instead of think about what changes the opportunity is going to require of us, start thinking about it as what you'll be learning, right? What skills are you going to be able to walk away with by opting into this opportunity? Because when you start to think more about what you will gain from the situation as opposed to what you will be sacrificing, you're able to welcome in that opportunity as opposed to self-sabotage your way from it, right? Okay, second step uh, towards a self-sabotage check-in is checking and acknowledging your patterns, okay? So now 
you're checking in with your feelings, family. So now that you're able to have thought about the opportunity in a logical way, now I want you to think about what factors have contributed to previous self-sabotages. What outcomes did you get from that, right? The last opportunity that you self-sabotaged was a similar to this one. How did you feel after that? What did you gain from that, right? And what didn't you gain? And not in a way where you're guilting yourself and you're like, man, I really sucked. So you guilt your way into this opportunity. No. And so that you're well aware of the ways in which you have responded to opportunities and situations in the past. Right. And that should, as a result, hopefully will kind of spark up inspiration and remind you that you don't ever want to feel that way ever again that you can do this. It creates the room and the space for you to encourage yourself, right? To think about the feelings that you want to feel instead of the ones that you have in the past. Okay. So third step in this self-sabotage check-in is identifying the inner hater and your highest self. That's episode one, family. If you haven't listened to it, make sure that you go ahead and you take a listen to it. All right. But you want to make sure that you are able to identify what your inner hater is saying. So what your fear is saying versus what your highest self is saying. Give both the space to talk. Because where a lot of us do go wrong, family, is that we don't allow the doubt to have the space to talk. And so when you don't give your inner hater the mic, it starts to steal the mic. And it starts to use any sign, any reasoning, any space that it can to tell you all the things that could go wrong, as opposed to you giving it the center stage. It's saying everything it needs to say, you being able to feel all the doubt, you being able to feel all the fear, and then tackling it with your truth. So step four of the self-sabotage check-in is getting yourself an accountability buddy, okay? Hopefully your accountability buddy is someone that is encouraging, okay? But at the same time is not afraid to check you respectfully, okay? Don't get someone that's disrespectful and talks you down, okay? That's not okay. (laughs) But this is a person, you know, when you add another person in, this is a person that is another layer of accountability, right? Because a lot of the times, family, when you opt into an opportunity by yourself, it's way easier to self-sabotage than when you include another person. Because sometimes it's a lot easier to disappoint ourselves than it is to disappoint someone that we respect. And so it adds almost this other layer of not wanting to disappoint, not wanting to let down, okay? I can't tell you how many things I've opted into into by myself and that I've self-sabotaged and I'm taken to the grave with me. She, (laughs) for real, for real. So hopefully this person, your accountability buddy would be able to serve as a mirror for you for all the reasons why you are worthy of the opportunity that you are looking to self-sabotage. When all of those reasons why self-sabotage does come up, right? When your fear of rejection comes up, when your perfectionism comes up, when your unworthiness comes up, when your fear of expectations come up, they can serve as a mirror as to why you are victim of none of those things. 
and why you can definitely choose to be more and to opt into more opportunities that will cultivate your story because that's what you deserve, family. That's what you totally, totally deserve. Okay? So when thinking about the four steps for a self-sabotage check-in, I want you to remember one main thing is that you are going to be required to check in multiple times, family, even while you're in the opportunity itself, because opting into the opportunity and getting past the preliminary round of self-sabotage is key. But being able to continuously check in with yourself and make sure that you don't self-sabotage in the middle of the opportunity or that your doubt and your inner hater don't get louder as you're progressing towards the end or that you're able to appreciate everything that comes from the opportunity while you're in it, while you're in the moment is super important. It's the most important part. So please don't be afraid, family, to make sure that you continue the check-ins consistently while you're in the opportunity so that when you're done with the opportunity and you reflect, you're able to be proud of the version of yourself that you are and you're able to validate all the work you're doing against the self-sabotage. And so the plans to not allow your highest self to be victorious, the plans to make sure that anything that has an expectation for you loses will get smaller and smaller and less frequent as you continue to grow into yourself, okay? Because remember, family, experiences and opportunities lead to more self-awareness. And so don't rob yourself of knowing yourself. Don't rob this world of all that you can can contribute to it. Because that's technically what you're doing when you self-sabotage. You are keeping all of your goodies to yourself, okay? And then making yourself feel bad about it. Not okay. You deserve way, way, way more than that. And I know it's easier said than done, family, so I don't mean to sound insensitive. But what I do mean to say is that all experiences are not meant to hurt you. You are safe. You are safe to be yourself. You are safe to explore yourself. And you are safe to grow in the environments that you are cultivating. Because The best part about growing up and about having more control over yourself and over the things that you opt into is that you can be intentional about those things. So when you think about the opportunities that you're opting into, make sure that you know your why. Why am I opting into this opportunity? Oh, it's going to grow me in this way. It's going to build these skills. It's going to allow me to dive into this area that I'm really interested in diving into. And all of a sudden, your life is surrounded and buzzing by so much excitement, so much joy, as opposed to the fear of something not working out. So family, I love you. Okay, make sure that you are following me on Instagram, family, at Good Juju Heels, so that you continue the party. All right, I'm gonna have some amazing journaling, journaling prompts, some extra tips, and just in general, more info to keep the party going. Okay, after the end of today's episode, so make sure you're doing that if you aren't already. And family, I hope you have the most amazing rest of your week. You are incredible and you are everything that is good in this world. I love you. You can do anything you put your mind to. I believe it and I believe in you, okay? And I hope that you are starting to even just a little bit believe in yourself and believe in yourself power and in the power of yourself, okay? I love you very much. 
Bye.